0: Welcome to Kingdom Light Church. We believe this message by Dave Basson will find entrance in your heart and impact in your life in a supernatural way. For more information, please visit our website, Instagram account, and Facebook page. I introduced myself, and um, just to give you an idea how sharp these guys are, I woke up and I introduced myself. I said, can I have a song? Man, I tell you what, those guys blew me away. Exactly where I am, exactly where I'm at, prophetic, sharp, to the point, active, in love and in song. It was so beautiful. I thought, this is exciting. I'm the pastor, I can do anything. So I go to the next group, I said, listen, I'm the pastor, you're coming to us on Sunday night, can I have another song? They said, sure, and they gave me another song. And they were in line with the first guy's song. So they're going to be here tonight as a group, they're going to sing, they're going to prophesy at 6 o'clock, and it's normally a younger people's version, but you're as young as you feel, so... Prophesy all out for they... No, okay, so they will be here tonight, please come and support, 6 o'clock till about 9.30, it's going to be awesome. And then at the end of the month, 28, oh, and who knows, it's leap year. Ladies, you're not allowed to propose. Okay, anyway, 28, 29, and first, Ryan Rufus from uh, Australia. Australia. My, not even my accents can make you smile this morning. I don't know what's going on. Why are you guys saying Australia? Okay, Ryan is going to be here from Australia. And um, we don't like the rugby team. We don't like the cricket team. We don't like the tennis team. We just don't like anything that's Australian. When the South Africans, are South Africans, and the Australians, okay, never mind. But they, he's going to be here, and, man, he's awesome. But what we do like is Australian Christians. We like Australian Christians. They, they're really nice. Okay, so don't miss. That's 28 Friday night, Saturday night. Sunday morning two services, that's Rob Rufus that was here earlier, the son, so don't miss that stuff, and there's, watch the space, there's like Easter weekend services, and, 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 amen. So are you ready for word this morning? We're going to do it a little bit differently this morning, I'm going to watch my time, I'm going to run with the word that God gave me um, while charity was here and then at the end, I'll speak about the letter, and I'll speak about your little bookmark, <laughs> your little bookmark, hallelujah, quarter you. okay, are you ready, are you sure, so on Sunday last, Charities here, little short lady, we're not live, so I can say this in her absence. I say it in plenty of love. She makes jokes with it as herself. She's probably as wide as what she's short. Bouncy personality, lovely person. A block of a blob of love? Did you say a blob? A block? Okay. But very powerful. I said very powerful. And. She's preaching, and when somebody's preaching the word under the anointing, it gets through. And by the time she was finished, between her and Arthur the previous week, God had my number. And so when the altar call came, I stood up, and I came, stood in front, so that God could deal with some fear issues. you know, pastors are these holy things. They never get cold. They never get hot. They don't go to the toilet. They never feel sick. They're always in the right place. They can work 24-7 without sleeping. They never get tired. They never get ill-tempered. Their wives love them to pieces. If you want to know anything bad about me, ask my wife. She'll tell you there's a whole list. Don't wonder about me. Don't wonder. I wonder what he's like. Just come up to the front. See this lady in the blue. She'll tell you exactly what I'm like and what sort of problems she has with me. That's settled. That's out of the way. Okay. So I'm standing up the front. I'm sitting and she's preaching. And she said, I'm like a Christian paratrooper. She said, I go wherever anybody doesn't want to go. And that's the truth. She's just come back from India and she went into the back streets where people are not allowed to go. She said, I walk in where angels fear to tread. All true, all true. I know it's true because I heard the testimony. She said, in fact, if God's looking for somebody to drop behind the lines, I'm it. She said, wherever I need to go to go and kick the devil in the teeth, she said, God sends me. And I realized that over the years, stuff had crept into my life and taken away my testimony, taken away my bravery, taken away my boldness. You wouldn't see it to see me standing on the stage because pastors are good actors. So if you want to know why I was standing up front, now you know. When I was finished praying, Albie was praying for a young lady next to me, and I turned around and I started praying with her, She was down under the power. When she stood up, God filled her with the Spirit. If you know her testimony in your life and you look at her and you understand, there's something about that that is really a supernatural miracle. So Monday morning she had a meeting with me and I'm sitting talking and she's telling me about her life. While Charity was speaking on Thursday night and also on Sunday, I heard an old thing that I'd heard a long time ago. I hadn't been confronted by it or seen it for years. I dealt with a young lady who was in the midst of Satanism and white witchcraft. And when we were in the midst of the, sermon, I'm trying to cut it very short, in the midst of the council, I said, where do you get this stuff? Because this is like a 15-year-old waif of a little girl dressed in goth clothes. And I said to her, where do you get this stuff? And she giggled because she just giggled all the time. And she ran out of the room and came back to me and Claudia and dumped the foolscap, you know, one of these, these black exercise books. She dumped the book on the table but the full-size one, and I opened it. It looked like the neatest handwriting you've ever seen. It looked like a school project. You know how we used to do assignments? What, what do they call it, Assignment with the, di- with the diagrams that we had to draw and stuff. It looked like that. It was absolutely stunningly done. But what I saw shocked me for a moment because it was pentagrams and the thing. It was entirely satanistic. And Kubis's, Prophet Kubus's voice came into my head, and he said, ignore it. He said, ignore it. Look away from all that will distract unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. We don't major in Satan in this church. We major in Jesus. I want you to hear that. I don't major in, ah, that's a distraction. that morning I took my Bible, I dumped it right on top of her little exercise book. And I heard the voice say, keep going. I asked her, where did you get the stuff you wrote in your book? She ran out of the room giggling, brought back a book written by a white witch and the name of the book or part of the book was the book of shadows. Say shadow. It should already tell you something about what the enemy is. He's but a shadow. He's an imitation of a reflection. He's a shadow. And all I heard was light casts out darkness always. Come on church, we need to start ma- majoring in light, not in darkness. What are you doing in other people's rubbish bins? Get out of darkness. Get back into light. So here's your sermon for the morning. John, let's start in Genesis. In the beginning, in the timeless past, God created. Huh? You can just get Genesis 1 for me quickly. God created the heavens and the earth. But how did he do it? The Bible says he did it this way. He said, chaos, darkness, let me just read to you quickly. You're going to do some reading this morning quickly, J.D. In the beginning, God, in the timeless past, you don't know where God came from, you'll never know where he came from because that beginning is not open to you. In the timeless past, God created, say creator God. Do you know anybody else that can create like God can create? Have you seen the mountains? Have you seen the ocean? Have you seen the sun? This little girl was worshiping sun, moon, and stars. She was worshiping earth, wind, and fire. We sat on the beach and Straight by. We looked at that stuff. I said to her, why do you worship the creation when you could worship the creator? You're worshipping waves. I know the one who made them. You're worshipping sun. I know the one who put it in the sky. You're worshipping these things. Why do you worship things that are made by the one who actually created it? Why not worship the one who made it? The earth was without form and void. Darkness was on the face of the deep. That sounds like some of the situations I have to deal with on a daily basis. You have to deal a darkness a without form, a void, a, a, a place of, of deep chaos. And the Spirit of God hovered over the waters, over the face of the waters. And what was He waiting for? The Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost in creation together as a triune God. He said, and God said, God said, what did he say? Let there be, let there be. This wasn't sun, this wasn't moon, this was not day, this was not night. This was something totally different. This has got nothing to do with day and night. This has got to do with the light life of God, the Word stepping into darkness, the Word stepping into chaos. And when He said, let there be light, every book of shadows had to flee because light came in where darkness had previously been. Where chaos was, light came by a Word. John 1 with me, J.D., please. In the beginning was the Word, John 1. In the beginning was the Word. It's the same story as Genesis 1, but it's in John 1. It says, in the beginning, thank you, sir, was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was with God in the beginning. Everything that was made was made by Him, and nothing that that wasn't made was not made by Him. Something like that, okay? In the beginning was the Word. The Word was God, and He was with God, and everything that was made was made by Him. I think somewhere we forget how powerful the Word is In our mouths. The exact same, when I take the Bible and when I put it in my mouth, it has the exact same creative force as it would have had in the mouth of the Father. It's the exact same thing. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word Word was with God and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him word was life. (laughs) In him word was the life. You have the power of life and death on your tongue, says Proverbs. And if you love the word and speak it, you will eat the fruit of whatever you speak, life or death. Now you're speaking to one of the greatest death speakers in the natural that there can be. The Bassons are ranters, they are ravers, they, "Ah, look what's going on, the car's broken, the kids joke with us about the amount of negativity that can be spewed out of a Besson's mouth in the natural. Over many years, thank God for my wife, she has been the coach of the Basson. She would say to me, if you can't say anything positive, don't say anything at all. Just shut up until you can speak something positive. If you can speak life. But the thing is, in our natural being, let's be honest with each other. Seeing as I'm taking off my mask this morning, why don't you take off yours? Charity said this, and this is where it all started. She said, you read the Word, but do you allow the Word to read you? When she said that, a whole chain of thought was released. An atom was released. If you can't see anything different in me this morning, then I don't know when you'll ever see it a chain of thought, an atom bomb went off on the inside of me. And I realized God has been speaking to you, Dave, from the very word that you read to others. Why don't you just let it read you? If you sit in the Spirit and you let the Word read you, He'll read you out of all the junk that you're into. Life and in them was life. Oh, man, man. Then it talks about John, and John talking about him. He was not the light, verse 8, but he was sent to be a witness of the light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. This light. He was the he was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him he came to his own his own received him uh, did not receive him but as many as received him can I see how many people have received you want to be sure about if you did receive to them he gave as many the king james says as many as believed on his name so i received by believing on him to them gave him the right to become children of god to those oh sorry to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So this word actually gave birth to you and me. The same way, in fact, in Ephesians, he talks about it, he says that, 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 that the word came and said, awake thou that sleepest, let there be light in you, you who were one time, one time darkness. So the same way as the earth was created, you were made by that same God, he Spoken to you the moment you received that life light entered into your shadows and gave you life. Sitting talking to that young lady, she walked out of the church after years of stuff, sat in her car outside, made a message to her friends, and said, This is it. Either you're with me or you're against me. A woman who was brought up in fear suddenly had no fear of making decisions. Stepped out of her car on Sunday afternoon, helped people who she never would have approached, strangers, helped them load furniture and spent the afternoon speaking the word to them. When I saw that, I realized, I realized, I realized, I realized, I went back to the fact that the creativity of God in you when you are born again is something so super on your natural that it lasts for years, 38 to be exact. I've been through my ups, I've been through my downs, I've been around the corner, I've been back to front, I've been everything, but He has never, ever let me go. Never. Even in the times when I was in denial. Even in the times when I was running from Him. Even in the times, if you want to call it backslidden, that I was backslidden. Were you backslidden? Yes, plenty of times. It's time to get upfront and personal with you and me this morning and to tell you that God will never let you go. God is not going to leave you. He loves you too much. You cannot make Him love you more He's already decided on that cross that He loves you. You cannot make Him love you more. He has the shocker for you. You cannot make Him love you less. I love my kids. They've made me mad. They've made me sad and they've made me glad. But I'm nowhere near what He is. His love is so far beyond a natural father's love. Are you hearing me this morning? Are you hearing me? I want you to understand this is an intro to a whole lot of stuff, but I want you to understand the creativity of the life light live, liveliness of the word of God is underestimated in your life. I said to you at the start of the service once a, once a line of thought starts to hit you, once a thing starts to run in you all over the word, it starts to explode. A Roman centurion comes to Jesus. He's a general in the natural. Warfare is his profession. That's why Jesus marveled and understood that he understood something about the word in Jesus' mouth. My servant is sick at home. I'm not worthy that you come under my roof. I'm not even expecting you to come. You don't have to do home visitation. Just a word from you. Word. Word. Speak a word. That same word is in your mouth. I I really hope you're getting this. The same power, the same creativity, the same realness, the same change is in your mouth. The enemy can keep you silent and he's happy. But if you just start speaking the word. The natural man cannot receive these things for they are foolishness unto him. But the spiritual man receives all things, even the deep things of God, because the Spirit shows it to him. Speak the word only. The creativity power of God, the word God, the person called the word became flesh. We and dwelt among us, so in the beginning was the word, he was with God, he was God, the same was with God in the beginning, everything was made by him, but then he chose to step down, and he came out of Mary, and for the first time, angels saw God in the flesh, and the word came and dwelt amongst us, the word, Jesus, the word, came and dwelt amongst us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So how does the word look? He's full of grace and truth. That glory is full of grace and truth. That word is full of grace and truth. He steps down and we see him. The law came by Moses, but the grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. I hope you're getting something this morning. I really, really and truly hope you are getting something this morning. The Bible says, I think it's in 1 Peter, that you are born again, say born again, of incorruptible seed. Incorruptible for translation is never dying. cannot be killed, cannot be exterminated, cannot be wiped out. I am born again into a family and a DNA that is of God kind. It's the same kind that created the heavens. He said, I'm born again of incorruptible seed by the word of God. So the word of light stepped into the world of shadows by me saying, I receive you, I believe in you. His light, life, stepped into my darkness, never to leave me again. I know, I know, I know. There are days that you feel you've been lost off the radar. There are days that you feel God has forgotten me. There are days, those are all human implanted thoughts. Those are deceiving things. The truth is he cannot leave you. You are married to him the same way as an earthly bride becomes one flesh with her husband. Man shall leave his father's house, cleave to his wife, Leave and cleave, and they will become one flesh. Hallelujah. The Bible says, "Who he who is one with Christ." One if you can take this in the fullness of what it means. Is one spirit with? In the scriptures we use for marriage, actually about the bridegroom and the bride in Ephesians, he said, he washed us with the water of his word, presenting you by his word. Is there a prayer of Jesus that is unanswered? By the same one who created earth with his word, he washed you with the same power. He washed you and created you a new being. He married you. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. His love is sealed in death. Hence the little bookmark that you've got. His love ran red for you. He proved his love for you by bleeding out the ultimate offering, the ultimate sacrifice, the lamb that takes away the sin of the world. He once and for all married you. God who hates divorce is not going to divorce you. I apologize if your eschatology is the other way around. I'm here to give you another option this morning. Your eschatology needs a little bit of a gear up. He cannot divorce you at the end of time and give you back to the devil for a time that the devil tempt you and run you around for a while to see. Have you ever seen a husband give his wife away to a whole bunch of crooks to rape her and bash her and beat her and swear at her and then see if she loves him enough to come back? Does that that kind of teaching make any kind of sense? He married you once and for all, inseparable. He's not going to let the devil ever get another shot at you. you his. This, 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 yeah, is my, stand, 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 this is mine. Yes. Don't touch her. She's mine. If you get in the way, I'll put her behind me and then we'll sort you out. She's mine. Have you ever seen any husband not do that? If I do that in the natural, why would God not do that in the spirit? You belong. He says he warfares on your behalf. I'm a little bit off the track right now, but get this, get this, get this. He loves you. Not to be separated from you again, not to leave you behind. He hates sin, he does not hate the sinner. I, I, I walked into a conversation in, in the week, and we, we made a joke about Hell, and it just shows you how people's new preachers they said, "Ah, there he is again. The preacher's talking about hell." Dave was present, he knew, we laughed. We don't preach hell in this church. We don't even preach heaven in this church. Not that heaven and hell doesn't exist. We preach the kingdom of God. Let heaven come down on earth and dwell on the inside of you. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. When the Holy Ghost steps into somebody and they start speaking in tongues, God decided that His blood had done enough work right there and then for Him to make it His habitation. He doesn't need you to say, yeah, but she looks like this, she said that, her past looks like this, and I don't see any measure of change in her. No, the Holy Spirit took holy ground inside of her and said, I'm here to stay, and she started speaking in tongues. God decides whether you're holy. You don't decide whether you're holy. And nobody else decides when you are holy. God decided it by giving you the Holy Ghost. I'm sorry if I'm riding over a lot of stuff. But I sat there and I said, God, it's time the church went back to one thing and one thing only. The very living word of God and its power to bring life and light in every human being. Never leave you. Never forsake you. Never stop. We've got all kinds of add-ons in the church. We add on this and add on that and add on the next thing. There's only one thing necessary. God loved you by giving His Son for you. He died and paid a price. You are born again from above. You are a new creature. All the old things have passed away. Stop stepping across His dead body. You know that's sign, over my dead body? We go and counsel people. And we ask them about their past, but they're born again. Then we step across the dead body of Jesus and go looking in the files, and the only person that's got knowledge of that stuff is the devil. He said, no fishing, the depths of the sea, and I will never think of it again. We need to remind ourselves to have mind renewal is part of the word, but not mind renewal as an add-on. We've made mind renewal the gospel. Sorry, mind renewal is not the new gospel. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is the blood that washed you and cleansed you and saved you. Mind renewal is not the new gospel. And if there is any mind renewal, it is this, to remind you of your saved state. In Jesus Christ, once and for all. How deep did he save you? Do you want to know? Remind yourself of every scripture that says, I'm born again, born again, born again, born again, born again, born from above, saved to the bone, that's who I am. Sorry if I'm being really radical this morning, but God said it's time to get in the face of this stuff and start speaking light into the book of shadows and tell the world there is no other coming of this light at all. You want to see the proof of it? You want to see the proof of it? I get this message. I walk into Malmesbury on Thursday night. A lady who has been an alcoholic for years, who is now going through, um, what do they call that thing? Uh, like AA. Staying with her sister. it has been an addict for years. Why, do we don't, why don't we see enough addiction people cleared? Because we don't understand the full power of the word. We're not preaching it from where it should be. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was with God in the beginning. Everything that was made, including you and me, was made by Him. Life light stepped into the world, and darkness couldn't resist it. He spoke to the chaoticness of creation before it was even creation. and said, let there be light. And all darkness flew away. We have that light life on the inside of us. No darkness can resist you if you understand. This lady was in charity's mess in, in church Thursday night. She was there. And I thought, she's the right person for this lady. Charity needs to pray for this woman. And Dave's once again in humanistic thing. I'm thinking about a human praying for a human that this woman comes through so much addiction. This woman is the right person for the charity's the right. They so get up and leave early, I'm going, ah, shucks. Ah, bummer. Should have prayed for her. underestimate God. She walks in on Thursday night and behind her she has six strange looking people with her. The one woman looks like she's a cross between Hindu, Muslim, Zionist and something else. I don't know what she was. Had a funny Bible on her lap. I thought, oh Lord Jesus, we're going to have trouble today. Other three guys look there on a trip. One guy doesn't look as if he's there at oh, all. One eye's out this way, one eye's out that way. I'm going, whoa. Lord. You don't know what pastors go through before they get up to preach. I'm going, Lord, you have to help me tonight. Tonight you're going to have to help me. This is a crowd that could upset this whole apple cart. And you know what? The church is kind of funny. You know what you guys do? This is what you do. You sit on the front row and you check him and say, "Ha! I wonder how he's going to handle this one. That's not fair. You're supposed to be in a fight with me, not to say, (laughs) ha ha, throw him to the sharks and see what he does. (laughs) Ha ha ha. Swim booty, swim. And they're looking at me and they're looking at them, and they're going, ooh, ek wonder wat gaan they doen van nou. And ek weet selfie. On which night did they come? on the night that God had given me this message. You know what, halfway through that service, I knew that I knew that I knew God gave me this word for a reason. I was walking up to the young man, sitting right in the front. I took his hand. I said, what is your name? He said, Sean. You might believe in coincidence. I don't believe in that. I looked at him. I said to him, I give you life. I said, I forgive you. I set you free. Who are you to forgive sin? Jesus gave us that kind of power to speak life and forgiveness and freedom into every man. I said, I set you free. I said, I give you life. And I ministered to all six of them. And every single one of them was standing there receiving. So I've overshot my time, but you'll hear more about this. I've got pages. I went home on Monday afternoon after sitting with that girl. I sat in the heat. I said, if you, if you don't write this stuff down, you're going to lose it. And in the heat where nobody feels like writing anything, I spent the next hour writing without stopping. My fingers were just going. When I stepped into the water and started to write, God took my hand, took the pen, took my mind, and started to write with me. I wrote for an hour on this subject. And I haven't scratched the surface yet this morning. think it's Revelation 19, the rider on the white horse, he said, and on his side, is written in blood, his his clothing is dipped in blood, and on his side is written the word of God, don't let any theological monkey come and try and tell you that the logos is not Jesus and whatever, Jesus is the word, and the word is Jesus, and he became a living word, by stepping down into this earth and then deciding to come and live. The living creative word of Genesis and John 1 is in you. The glory and the truth is in you. Start speaking speaking creative word by faith and see your faith. Don't talk about that failure. Don't, oh, that child. You don't know what hell I've got with her. You don't know what she looks like, what she does, how she speaks, how she dresses. Take no notice of any of that. Do you know where the saying comes from, blind faith? Faith is the substance of things, hopeful the evidence of things not yet seen. Blind faith blinds itself to everything in the natural and believes instead of anything else. i got so much, but anyway. So you'll see that Sean gave you a letter. He's almost like the Apostle Paul. He's writing from some other place to the church at KLC in Strand. And the first three quarters of that letter is to tell you the vision again and to remind you that we're in this for the long run. You are part of it. And this is your church and you are our people and all that kind of stuff. I'm not gonna talk about that. The last part is to tell you that as much as Sean and I are not beggars, please understand that. We, we, we don't beg. That's not what that letter is about. It's not to stand with you, cap in hand, and say, please, will you help us? God is still our source. But it would be unfair to tell you this morning that nothing, everything is all right and nothing is wrong. We've gone through some financial stuff. The leadership know about it, and it's continually there, and I want you to go and read it when you get home prayerfully. We want you to pray with us, especially this week, okay? By the end of the month, we need at least 100,000 Rand to, to level everything, debt, rent, whatever. I'm speaking now. Sean's not here, so I'll tell you some of the stuff he might not even tell you, all right? The fact is that we're a body. And and the fact is that sometimes when we're hurting and when money is short, we think everybody else is okay or we think we don't need to or whatever. We need you like we've never needed you before. Over the next three months, definitely, we need you. Keep the doors open, the lights burning, the generator running, whatever, we need you. We need your prayers. We need your support. We need whatever you can do in lifting up our arms, but if there is a place in you that you have, partner with us. Make a commitment to partner with us. There's nothing about partnership on that form, but partner with us for the next two or three months. Whether it be a hundred rand, whether it be two hundred, over and above your ties, over above your offerings, just partner. With us so that we can bring this amount down and keep the doors open, and keep that 2020 vision running. You know, before this service, yesterday, today, this week, yesterday, today, I should be lying on the ground crying. Of all the things that happened the last 24 hours, I should be, instead, I'm flying higher than I've ever flown because of the power of the Spirit, but we're writing that letter to you so that you are not unawares of what's going on. You can turn around six months from now and say, but pastor, we didn't know. That's also unfair. To you, from us, that's also unfair. We need to tell you where your church is and be honest. We don't like doing that. In fact, if I had a house to sell, you know what Dave would do? He'd sell his house, put the money in the church and tell you nothing. That's the type of person Sean and I am. But this morning, we need to give you that letter and say, guys, Read the letter thoughtfully, prayerfully, and whatever God tells you to do. And if God says do nothing, please don't do anything. That, that's, that's my word to you. Don't do anything. If, if God says to you do nothing, do nothing. But if God says to you partner with him for 50 rand, then get the banking details and start immediately. That's our prayer for you. Our prayer to you. Our prayer to the Father. We are praying, fasting, speaking the word. But we felt it necessary to come to you. And and I know Sean, of all people, is carrying this the heaviest. On Thursday night, I did the the order of service the same way. And when I was finished prophesying to those people and bringing them a word of salvation, the church was not dry-eyed. They were teary because the guys who had been watching me, to say, what is he going to do now? Saw what God is doing through our ministry worldwide that they saw it okay and so I said to them if you feel in your heart to put something into this ministry here are the offering baskets here are the card machine here whatever minister to us by your giving i gave you a little card got a cross with a drop of blood on it it's my valentine gift to you Do you know, Dave, do you know the story of Valentine? He was a man who was not supposed to marry his wife. Very basic. He he wasn't allowed by law of the country to marry. It was the law. And the two of them decided to get married in secret, even though they were going to get caught. And he was put in the death row. And the night before he was sacrificed, he sent her, from Valentine to his wife, he sent her a letter to my Valentine. It was a paganistic thing. They were pagans at that stage and they got married and by the pagan law they weren't. Later on the church learned of it and they said, this sounds like some other bridegroom who loved his bride enough to let his blood flow. So we're not into Valentine. We're into the cross, and the bridegroom that loves you so much that gave his life for you. Take your little bookmark, stick it in your diary or your Bible or whatever. It's blank all around. Write scriptures. Do you know that we've been speaking about the blood and forgiveness since December? We're now here, and April is round the corner. Write all the forgiveness scriptures. Write all the blood scriptures on it. Make it your personal bookmark. Fill it with scriptures in the reminder that He paid everything for you. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this message. For more information about Kingdom Light Church and upcoming local and international events, please follow our Facebook page, Instagram account, or visit our website at www.kingdomlightchurch.co.za.